And here we are again, one more time to uh, keep this little project going, and, you know, into the evenings with our coffee, with, with our little, our stories, right? Our, uh, I, I've been kind of reflecting as I've been going through this teaching about uh, kind of the compulsion and addiction that is writing. And, and it really is like, it's, it's almost an addictive force in my life. And I've made no secret that I think if you're going to do this, it should either be a really enjoyable hobby that lets you gain some kind of benefit from it, or it should be an absolute fucking addiction. Uh, there is probably nothing more insufferable on God's green earth than someone that wants to brag to you about their, their capabilities as a storyteller or a writer and expects like some kind of moment where you realize that Muhammad has descended the mountain and come to you. Um, it's, yeah. Anyway, I, I guess that's me kind of ranting, but we're here to talk. We're here to keep this lesson going. And last week we started talking about meeting your characters and how they were fully realized people and how they're not you and they're not reflect, they're not other fucking people. I mean, they shouldn't be, they might be, maybe you're doing that. In which case I urge you to stop and flush them out. Because I promise you, the people you know aren't that interesting. They're not. Think, think about it, right? So when I write, like, I'll write on a Friday night. Okay, I'm an adult, I can go to a bar, I can do a lot of stuff, but I'm home writing. Guess where my reader is? Seriously, think about where your reader is. My reader is probably also home on a Friday night reading the shit that I wrote alone on a Friday night. Is my life really that damn interesting? Maybe, probably not. I, I don't know. The, the point there is is to not rely on that stuff. But but I get, I, I'm backtracking a little too much. So we talked about people and, and these are not your, your people in your life. They're not you. They're not your friends. They are people and they are dynamic and they're fully realized, right? And so when we talk about that, we inevitably have to come to the part that I think writers hate. And it, it's certainly one of the things that I fought hardest against as I started getting into this, which is pre-writing. And, and pre-writing by whatever form, I'm using kind of a generic term for it because I think we all do some form of it for my experienced writers listening. We all do some form of pre-writing. Um, if you're just whipping it out, I, I'm calling bullshit. I, I don't think you are. I think you have something you're doing, whether you do that during your process or whenever it comes up, there is some stuff that's not making it in your book. That's what I'm referring to as pre-writing, right? That's all the extras. That's you getting to know people. Um, it's important, right? Because like I said, your, your characters have to be fully realized people. And when does that happen? Right? I mean, you can sit there and dream all day long, but I'm telling you, like this past week, I've just made a big change in the novel I'm working on. And it came from sitting there and kind of doing some pre-writing. And then I went into actually writing the novel. And next thing you know, I'm like, well, throw all this away. New idea. Got it. It's, 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 it's a better story. I like the story better. I like where we're going better. Um, people I've talked to like the story better because, you know, we kind of want to sounding board our ideas a little bit. So that was interesting for me was, was making that shift, but that happens. And so now we're back to pre-writing. Nobody loves pre-writing. Nobody. Uh, un unless you're really afraid to write the thing you want to write. But if you really want to write the play, the, the fiction work, the whatever you're working on, if you really want to write it, pre-writing kind of sucks. Because it, it's not you writing the actual book. It's you writing stuff that will, most of which will never make the book. But it's also the stuff that's probably going to help shape it into a better story than what you originally thought. 
cool, Matt, I'm on board. How do I do it? Well, there are a lot of different ways. So I'm going to talk you through my journey with pre-writing and why I didn't like it and where I've come to with it and why I now embrace it. Uh, specifically as it relates to character. Because here's the thing. Um, I don't really think your plot... Like like some people, well, I'm going to plot out the entire plot. I don't think that's really engaging. I think your plot actually happens after you've built fully formed characters and you kind of let them start playing in this world and in your head and in your imagination a little bit. Then you get a plot. I think the people that, that draw out outlines for long plots and all, I'm like, nah, I don't know how that's working. It doesn't work for me. And look, like anything, if it does work for you, go for it. But it never worked for me. Uh, and it still doesn't like I can outline plot and it's probably cause I end up deviating and yeah, I end up changing. Like I said, I just literally threw away like several chapters of a novel cause a fundamental part of how it's being written, like a fundamental story element completely shifted, which means everything I wrote was there and it's neat pre-writing, but it's no longer the novel. And so now we've got to dig a little bit deeper. The good news is because of all that writing, that pivot is not as hard. Uh, it, it could just be soul crushing. But that's okay. That's that's the stuff we work with, right? That's that's the joy of writing is that someday something, in fact, every day something's probably going to go wrong if you're doing it right. So let's get right down to it. Uh, pre-writing. Me and pre-writing have never gotten along. Pre-writing is that thing you do that offers you no ultimate glory on the work, right? That's why we don't like it. That's why I hated it. I hated pre-writing because pre-writing ultimately didn't give me the book or the play or, or whatever I wanted. Like, it didn't. I wanted to get the thing out. Because with the thing, because I wasn't divorced from my ego yet, with the thing, I could go out there and I could get praise. And praise is what I was in the game for. Because I needed to visit the Attitude Adjustment Department I send you all to all the time. I, I did. Look, nothing I'm telling you guys is stuff I didn't do before. The point is, what I discovered is that pre-writing is the stuff where the magic happens. Pre-writing is where a character goes from a quick so-and-so, 23, blonde hair, blue eyes, to like a vibrant living voice inside your head that's now going to go on a journey and actually make something happen. That's pre-writing. That's how that works. So I started, and the reason I don't think I liked it is I started with very regimented pre-writing, and that's not the way my creativity likes to work. Some people love it. So let me walk you through what I mean by regimented pre-writing. Um, an exercise, for example, was called milestones. And this is from my, my training as a playwright. And milestones was setting a clock for a time limit, let's say two minutes. And in that two minutes, you would write down every major event in that character's life, right? Like just, just quick descriptions, no like paragraphs, just quick two, three, four word phrases, right? Like his birthday, 10th birthday, dad gets hit by a car, mom dies of cancer, meets his wife, has his first kid, goes to war, all that stuff, right? You just, just, you're pounding it out against the clock. And then when you were done, you, you took that list and you reset it, that timer for two minutes. And then you hit that and you marked the top 10, of those events. Like, so let's say you came up with a list of 50 events. You wrote down, you, you made a mark by the 10 that were the most significant. Theoretically, one of those was your play because ideally your play is a really important moment in their life, not a passing Sunday. If you want it to be interesting. Then you took time 
with each of those 10 milestones, and depending, some people had you then narrow it down to five or three or whatever, in whatever final number you came up with with that time limit, because you wanted to do it really quickly, you didn't want to have a lot of time to hem and haw back and forth, whatever you did, then you took those events and you kind of wrote about them. Sometimes you wrote about it from that character's perspective, like an internal monologue. Sometimes you might write a scene about it. You dug into what those were to discover why they were so important and what happened and what the impact on your character was. It's not a bad exercise. Let me go ahead and say that. For a guy who doesn't love really regimented um, pre-writing, I still drop back on things like that. I just never finish them. So there's why I don't like regimented pre-writing, because to me that feels a whole lot like writing my play or my novel, and it really drags me down, and I don't like doing it, and I don't finish it. And finishing pre-writing is a really important part. So I don't do exercises like those. But I'll tell you, when you're starting, if you're first starting out, you need to start working with those exercises because they let you focus your mind, right? They, they let you kind of dig in and go, okay, let me focus. So there's a lot of sources. Writing books have these. You can find writing prompts online. They're great for it. How this relates to your character is that any kind of regimented pre-writing exercise should relate directly to your characters, and you should pre-write all of your characters. Here we go back to your 19 characters, in my case, my 60 character plots, right? And the more characters you have, the harder this shit is to do. It really is. This becomes like a monumental task. So you really need to take the time and focus on what you're doing and, and understand. Now, if you do have some side characters, obviously maybe the mailman says something or a grocery clerk or a random bystander number three. I don't know. Like, look, minor characters are always going to appear. You may not want to dive this deep on them. Maybe you do. I don't know. I recommend diving deep on every character because you never know who's going to suddenly become really important. You don't. Like, you don't. Like, I have characters now that at one point in time are going to be more mysterious than maybe they will now in the final final story because, I mean, it's just the fundamental essence of the story changed, like an element shifted. So take your time. But this is stuff like when you talk about regimented pre-writing exercises, you do. You want to look these things up. And like I said, milestones is a great regimented pre-writing exercise. Um, writing out what they want, right? Characters are driven by some kind of want, some kind of desire that carries them on their journey. So taking that time and, and set yourself, here's another one, set yourself a five-minute timer. Timers are super important if you're going to be regimented because otherwise these pre-writing exercises will eat up your entire day. Set a timer for five minutes and then write from that character's perspective about the thing they want. Write. Write about the thing they want. It's important. They should understand it. So talk about it and just, just free flow it. Don't try to be super artistic. This is the danger with regimented pre-writing exercises too. When you set that timer, you're going to try to write something perfect. I will go ahead and tell you it won't be perfect. In fact, it'll be pretty bloody flawed. Don't worry about it, right? Let it be flawed. Just, just write it. Just create the thing. Um, you know, get it out there and, and filter through what you put out anyway, because this is not stuff you're talking about putting in your play or, or your book or anything else. This is, this is early writing stuff. This is you learning. So this is the time to experiment and throw it against the wall and see if it sticks, right? That's, that's what you're doing here. Um, I'll give you a third regimented writing exercise because while I don't love these things, I think some people might. And this one is what I always call best friend, worst enemy. Same thing. Set yourself a timer and write about the character. One, have their best friend tell them about it. 
for bonus points, flesh out a best friend who's like a really thorough character. And maybe their best friend is a character in your book. So this is another great way for you to kind of cross compare, right? But have the best friend talk about what they thought about the character. Then write about what the person that hates them most, their worst enemy, what that person thinks about them. Because what you're going to find is that, of course, those two characters, if you're allowing those characters to speak, if you're not putting yourself in their shoes, telling them what you want to hear, and this is the hard part. I know this sounds like mysticism and it's rough. And this is why doing pre-writing is good because this gives voice to characters. But as you start hearing them, then that best friend will tell you some stuff, but it'll be biased. And that worst enemy will tell you some stuff and it'll be biased. And oddly enough, there's going to be some things that they both agree on. And that's going to be kind of the essence of what that character is. Right. So we've got milestones, right? 10 events or all the events, then sort it down to 10 or whatever number you want. And then write in detail about those. Maybe they're scenes, maybe they're, you know, write it however you want. I don't want to put too much regimentation on you because I think it will screw up your writing. Uh, the second one, right? Write about what they want. Have the character tell you what they want. Even your side characters, like even if they're not your main character, they want some stuff. So have them tell you about what that is. And then best friend, worst enemy. Best friend, worst enemy. What's their best friend think? What's their worst enemy think? Hey, bonus points on best friend, worst enemy. Write what they think about their best friend and what they think about their worst enemy. It can be really, really interesting stuff to do. So that's regimented pre-writing. I don't do a lot of it. I do some of it. I don't do a ton of it. I do a more freeform thing. I keep a notebook with me. And when I start, now this is, this is a little more discipline is involved in this approach. I keep a notebook with me, and when it's time to write, I sit down and I just get absorbed in that one piece. Like, if I have story ideas, I write down what those story ideas are, I'll come back to them later, but I try to stay consistent with the project that I'm working on. It sounds a whole lot easier than it is. So take that time, and, and I take the time, and I write I write all kinds of stuff. I write little snippets of scenes. My girlfriend was over here last night and, and saw snippets of, of a character I'm writing dialogue for it. It's like five lines for a scene and it's probably the most confusing thing in the world to read. But so bless her, uh, bless her for taking the time to do that. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. So in those little snippets and, and craziness and how my brain works, I start fleshing out a character. If you're a new writer, I'm going to caution you against this method. And this is why one, it's really hard to stay focused on it. Um, two, it's going to lead you to kind of avoiding the pre-writing and you're going to, and, and I say this as a guy who hated pre-writing, so understand I'm with you. If you hate what I'm telling you about regimented pre-writing, I'm with you. I was there. I've done it. It's going to, it's going to hurt that a little bit. So I want you to take the time and, and write from a more structured basis, just personal advice, ignore it if you want. And I can't make you do anything, but write from a more structured basis and, and then grow from that because that will help you. And look, experienced writers, some experienced writers I know love, I know writers with way more experience than I have who love structured pre-writing exercises. I just don't. It's just not me. I work a little bit more on observation. I'm probably a little bit more of a poet in that way. Like I just sit down and start jotting notes and see what comes up to me in little language phrases and whatnot. And I'm like, Ooh, and that, that really drives me. So, you know, I often find my characters through the way they speak. It's me. It's a weird thing. It's always kind of been the way I am. Um, so like character names are important to me, how they introduce themselves, how they act, what they view the world as. Um, and then through that, they start becoming like entities for me. So if you're going to, if you're a more experienced writer and you're starting to talk about making that transition for, for less regimented pre-writing, 
then take the time. Like that's the secret. It's got to be taking the time and you've got to allow yourself to have that spontaneity. So I take that notebook with me almost everywhere uh, because I need to have it with me so that if something occurs to me, I can stop and I can write it down. Um, and, and I'm not always brilliant about that. I'm really trying to get better. So that notebook follows me literally everywhere, but some days it just doesn't. So you, you need to really work on that and, and make sure that's there because as, as a good friend of mine has pointed out, creativity happens at the pause, right? Creativity does not happen when we sit down and it's true for me. It might not be true for you, but it's absolutely true for me. My real creativity does not happen when I sit down at the desk to be creative, it happens when I'm getting out of the grocery store or when I'm shelving books in the morning for my part-time job. And I'm like, oh, I have an idea. That's that's when creativity sneaks up and bites me on the rear. So if you're going to be a little less regimented, do that. Uh, but, but make sure you're always available for it. So what does that mean? Pre-writing. When do you know if your character's ready? I'll tell you my means, uh, because that's all I can really share with you is what works for me. When they start to talk to you, when they almost take on a life of their own and you're afraid you might be going insane, then they're ready. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. That's I, Oddly enough, that's really what it is. Like The main character I'm working on right now in this book uh, speaks to me, and he's a real bastard. So it's probably not the best thing to have in your head all day long. But that's the thing, like, like when they start to talk to you and they kind of take on a life of their own and you're no longer going, hmm, what would you say next? But dialogue starts flowing just right out of you. Now, you know, you've created a founded character, you know, you've created a fully fledged character, a fully realized character, and you've got it. And that's awesome. So there you go. That's that's character pre-writing. I know this is a little bit shorter of a lecture than a lot of them, right? And including me complaining a little bit at the beginning. So that's kind of rad. Um, bonus. No. The, so I want you to take a minute. And, and when I always try to leave you with something to do, some kind of actionable item, as they say in the coaching industry, uh, I want you to have something that you can take away with. Because some of you might be working on writing projects as you listen to this. You might be taking this step by step. Take one character. Don't even take all. If you're an experienced writer, do this to whatever scale you want. But for you people that are out there trying to re-get it, get back into it, or kind of, you know, just starting out, take one character, right? And and I want you to do either those three, I want you to do those three regimented exercises I gave for you, right? I really do. I want you to take that character and give those three regimented exercises a trip. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to take you a little time. Like, go ahead and block an hour or two out to do that. Take breaks, take walks, breathe, let that stuff come through, because otherwise you're going to try to force it. The goal is not to get to the end of the three exercises. The goal is to dive into them enough that you start to hear the character's voice inside your head, that they start to come alive. Because ultimately that's the point, right? You can have the most ingenious plot ever, and it will lack something if your characters are not kind of real. It, it will. I've read it. Like this is this is the thing that I, I love Chinese writers and I love general Asian literature, but they are always a little bit more plot heavy and a little bit less character heavy, and and that's a little harder to dig into for me, it, just because it's a more it's a more decentralized culture. Like in the West, we really tout individualism, which is probably why I like characters. And in China, for example, it's a little less about the individual and a little bit more about the group, and so the plot is emphasized a little bit more in Asian writing. Nothing wrong with that. Literally nothing wrong with that. And you can actually really enjoy a lot of it. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, you really can enjoy a ton of it. And that's not a hard and fast rule. Don't go out there and go, well, Matt said Chinese writers don't write characters. No. 
it's just a generic social difference between two regions of the world. Um, that's not the only time it comes up, by the way. Uh, so take that and, and, and run with it and, and really embrace it and, and try to let your characters grow and build and be something. Because you'll find that building your plot, which we'll get into uh, in two weeks, we'll start talking about your plot. You're going to find that when I talk about plot, a lot of plot generation for me comes from characters, right? Like, I don't really worry about, hmm, what's the plot? I kind of have a vague notion, and then I start playing around with the characters, and suddenly the plot appears. So... I mean, yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. It takes some time to free write. For my more experienced writers, uh, dive into those exercises if you want. Uh, start, maybe play around. Maybe force yourself to not dive into regimented exercises if you've done that a lot and start just writing. Like, I tend to do, like, two weeks, three weeks of pre-writing where I'm just kind of exploring crazy ideas and turns of phrase and little pieces of language. So there's no right way to pre-write. There's just the way that you enjoy that gives you the information that you need. Right, that brings the characters to life for you. But the, the goal should be the important part, which is for your characters to come to life. So there we are. We talked about meeting your characters, we met them. Now we're talking about pre-writing them. So grab a notebook, your yellow pad, whatever. I, I write rather than immediately go to computer, but some people do that differently. Whatever you want to do. Do it, and uh, yeah. It's going to be good, I promise. You're going to have a really good time. So go in, dig in, do some stuff, and uh, I will see you next week when we'll finish up our section on character and we'll talk about some more stuff. Um, till then, happy hunting. Enjoy developing your characters. Try not to go too crazy, and I'll talk to you soon.